0: You are listening to CFRC 1019 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of Screening in Kingston. Uh, You might be listening right now on CFRC 1019 FM here in Kingston, Ontario, or you're listening through the podcast, which means you could be from anywhere. We get fan questions from all over the place. So uh, thank you wherever you are uh, for listening. Um, Just a quick note, and I know anyone who follows us on social media knows this but this is actually going to be a two-part episode Um, the first episode is airing obviously right now um, is available as a podcast is here on cfrc but the second episode is only available as a podcast so if you want episode two of this very special episode then make sure to go get it through the podcast it's available right now we released both episodes at the same time Um, So you can just listen to hour one and then go right in to hour number two. But if you are listening to CFRC, your regular uh, programming is going to continue after screening in Kingston today. But you can still go to uh, the website um, podcast.cfrc.ca and get the second episode of screening in Kingston. Um, As I said, this is a very special episode because we are talking about Star Wars and not just one movie as we... You know have talked about on this show before the rise of skywalker is coming out in just a few weeks this is the last movie in what they're calling the skywalker saga so that's pretty interesting to me um because it means all nine movies that are part of sort of the episodes episode one two three and all, and so forth um is gonna conclude this is going to be the end of a storyline um, that has existed through several generations. Um, you know, it, it started with the original Star Wars, went to the prequels, um, and now these these sort of new reboots uh, since 2000 um, and I believe 12, which is when um, The Force Awakens came out. So this episode is going to be very special because we're going to dive into some chats with super fans about Star Wars and what the what the eight movies um, have meant to them uh, to date, what's their favorite movies, what do they think about some uh, Star Wars hot topics, where do they think it could go next. Um, I'm going to be bringing on two special guests. One, uh, Both have actually been on the show before, so anyone listening um, for the first time, you won't know them, but uh, if you've listened to the show before, they have been on. We've got Andrew, um, who's coming up uh, next, uh, in a few minutes to chat with me about Star Wars. Uh, he, You would remember him mainly from some of our uh, Tarantino talk. He also came on to do some Marvel chat uh, as we looked at some of the larger Marvel movies that happened this year. Andrew's been a friend of mine for for a very long time, um, and we both love Star Wars, so that'll be something great to chat about. Uh, then we're going to um, talk a little bit about um, the direction of this Final movie and where we think it could go. Going to get into some light, not necessarily spoilers, but we're going to we're going to take some guesses at what might happen. We're going to speculate a little bit on where we think m- things may go. And joining me for that part of the show is Ben. Ben uh, did a episode with us uh, way back when when we talked about the movie The Favorite. Ben um, is uh, the host and producer of the What on Earth is Going On podcast, very popular podcast that talks about different um, political and non-political issues throughout the world. Um, special focus on a lot of Canadian things, but uh, it's really a podcast for, for everybody, so definitely go check that out. That will be in the second hour. So the first hour, um, I'm going to talk for a little bit. I want to uh, chat about The Mandalorian television show. Uh, which has been uh, been sort of a really interesting uh, show, part of the Disney Plus launch. So I'm going to be reviewing that in a few minutes, and then Andrew will be joining me after that, and then episode two will be myself and Ben for a bit chatting about um, the direction of this current movie, and then we might get into some very brief Star Wars uh, headlines at the end of these two episodes. But first, we're going to talk about The Mandalorian. So if you haven't checked this out or you don't have Disney+, Plus, basically what this is is The Mandalorian is the first live-action television show in Star Wars. Star Wars has had cartoons and animation shows. Specifically, those are The Clone Wars show, which also had a bit of an animated movie as well, um, and then a thing called Star Wars Rebels, I believe is, is the name of it. I wasn't really... Into either of those shows, I mean, they're very much geared towards kids. Um, I think Clone Wars had a little bit more of a wider appeal, um, but neither series really um, grabbed me. I was I was much more interested in um, the the movies themselves, but not really in either of of the animated TV shows. Um, but The Mandalorian is a very different beast altogether it is a live action show it definitely has the budget that you know some of the larger tv shows have um you can tell though within this that it's a smaller budget than than star wars proper but that doesn't mean they didn't they don't do a very good job with it and that's one of the things that i'm going to talk about in my review is the production design of of this TV show is is actually quite fantastic. But before I get into that, I'm just going to kind of explain how I'm doing this. I'm going to be talking about the first four episodes of The Mandalorian. I am going to get into some spoiler talk just because it is very difficult to talk about this TV show without getting into spoilers and getting into some details just because they are short episodes. They're anywhere between 30 and, and 40 minutes each. So just so everyone knows, if you are watching it, I'm dealing with the first four episodes. I'm not going to talk about the fifth episode that came out on December 6th, so don't worry about that because I, I like to give people more than just one weekend to, to binge something. I know I'm the type of person that will be able to sometimes watch it on Friday when it comes out, but often I have to wait till, till later in the weekend or even next the next week. So I'm just going to talk about chapters one, two, three, and four. Um and again, the spoilers for those four episodes, just because there are some things that are really hard to talk about, um, without uh, without divulging what happened. Um, so, just if you haven't watched those episodes, you might not want to listen to this part of the show. I'll only talk for for 10, 15 minutes, and then you can uh, you can come back at the end and listen to the rest of the episode. Um, but if you have seen these episodes or you just don't care, um, so far through four episodes of the mandalorian these are the overall thoughts that, that i can say the production design of of this tv show is fantastic some of the more graphic moments where you need to use cgi some of it is a little bit less than stellar not what you would expect with star wars but still they do a very good job like they're very careful about when they use cgi and when they don't so there's a lot of practical props a lot of practical sets John Favreau, who's the creator of this, he was the director of Iron Man. He's produced a lot of Marvel uh, movies as well. He's a huge Star Wars fan, so John Favreau came from the position of a massive fan. So you can tell the, that he loves this this world because there's a lot of care and a lot of detail that's put into this TV show, which was something that I was a little surprised at. Um, I wasn't expecting the show to have this level of production design. I actually expected the show to be quite a bit smaller than it is in terms of scale. Um, I found certainly episodes one and three of this, which had massive fight scenes. I wasn't really expecting as much of that as, as, I've, as I've had. Even the fourth episode, Sanctuary, had, had a pretty big uh, fight scene in it as well. But the thing that for me really stood out is, is that they're using practical – sets they're using practical props they're not relying so heavily on cgi which i still think is the mistake the prequels made um that the new movies hasn't and and this current direction hasn't and this is it's nice to see a tv show that is clearly meant to make money and is clearly meant to sell toys and is clearly meant for fandom it's really nice to see it in the hands of somebody who cares this is the an example of how you can do both We always talk about on this show when you can tell a passion project versus a project that's just for money. It chapter two, just for money. There's no passion there. Even the director said in an interview, we're doing a second chapter because look how well the first one did. Money always seems to dictate content, but in this particular instance, I think this is the one good moment that you're seeing out of the corporation that is Disney, where they are doing things for the bottom line, Yes, Marvel movies and superhero movies can can go against what, you know, some filmmakers call great cinema and great film. But I challenge anyone in that thought process when talking about The Mandalorian. Yes, it's a simple little show. It's absolutely meant for children. Like kids are are 100% the target for this. But that doesn't mean you can't enjoy it as an adult. And if I had kids, I would sit them down in front of this and have no problem. It's a fun action adventure. It's an exciting story. Um, Through four episodes, there's been some ups and downs, and I'll kind of touch on those very briefly. But overall, I'm pretty impressed by this show, and I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I think that it's had three strong episodes and one kind of meh. But I'm interested enough to see where it goes, and I'm fascinated by, by what they've presented. And I want to talk about characters for a second before I kind of break down each episode. I'll go through and quickly talk about each episode. But characters in this is you know is very interesting because the Mandalorian, which is the main character you're following around, he keeps his helmet on the entire time. That's part of the Mandalorian background and religion. Again, I'll admit I'm a huge fan of the Star Wars movies. I was not as um, – into some of the expanded universe stuff that was done for a while there was lots of books there's lots of world building stuff i mean, i wasn't as into that as i am say with star trek or um marvel but i again i've loved all the star wars movies i played a lot of the video games i you know i love that side of it so the mandalorian is is the race of people or the group of of really bounty hunters and i mean i think they do other things but really it seems like they're a lot of them are bounty hunters. Um, that uh, Boba Fett was was a part of. Now, according to what the show has presented so far, is I don't know if the Mandalorians are necessarily one particular race. It seems like they also adopt people into their race. Um, at least his main character, who people call, I think, call him Mando. Um, which might just simply be another language for Mandalorian, but the Mandalorian in this, he he was adopted. That's something you learn kind of right off the bat is that he lost his family for something. It looks like it had something to do um, with the Clone Wars. He lost his family, um, and suddenly, you know, he he was without uh, support. And Mandalorians found him and adopted them into kind of his. He got adopted into their culture. So you know the. The kind of premise of that is really important because what happens is in this first episode is you see this character go after a bounty and there's a certain level of connection that The Mandalorian has to that bounty, which again I I will get to in a second. But I do want to just wrap up talking about The Mandalorian as a character. I think it's very challenging for an actor to perform the way he needs to to give emotion and to allow a television show to follow a person when you can't see their face <laughs> which is very interesting to me like you can't see his face you, he has nothing to emote with other than his voice and little tilts of the head and the way the directors um use the camera which is something i i, I do have to say especially in chapters three and four i think the direction of this TV show has been phenomenal so far. Um, I The way, the little subtle ways the camera moves, the little ways you can see um, his his moods, his thoughts, it, it, it convinces you as to why he's doing the things that, that he would do. So quickly I'm going to kind of break down each episode and tell you some of the things that I thought about them, maybe some of the problems I have, because I, there, there are, I, you know, I don't want to be, all one thing. There, there's some negatives here. There's some things that I think they need. They needed to clean up that they didn't do. Um, but starting with chapter one, I mean, you're introduced the Mandalorian. He's going on a bounty. Um, he completes the bounty, gets assigned a new target. Which apparently, this whole guild of 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 bounty hunters. They get these little, like, fob things, or these little things that track people, and they, they go after these big bounties. And he basically goes on this mission to a planet where a lot of bounty hunters have tried to get one bounty but have failed every time. Um, he meets up with a very intriguing droid. Um, he meets up with this character that, uh, again, kind of like a cool little alien that decides to help him. It really reminded me, the first two episodes, really of this whole series actually, now that I think about it, of a video game. You know, in a video game, you are assigned a task, you complete the task, you move on to the next task. It's almost as though in chapter one, it's here's the prologue to this, here's your little task, here's a person that's gonna help you, but you have to do something in order to prove yourself to the person who's gonna help you. Once you complete that, you have their help, you move on, you have a big firefight, you meet a thing, and then you have a choice to make, and that's the end of the episode. Um, you basically and, – and again, the, here's where the big spoiler is for the end of the first episode. You meet this, this child that is Yoda's species or what people are calling Baby Yoda even though we know it's not Yoda. But it's a member of his species and it's a baby. It's a child. Um, though apparently it's about 50 years old. They just age differently. But that's what happens at the end of Chapter 1. It was a pretty decent introduction. It was only like 32 minutes long, the episode, something like that, and it was a decent little introduction. But on its own, as a singular episode, I was a little like, "Okay, what? what like, where are you going with this? What is this?" And it makes sense that Disney's launched this on a Tuesday, and then the second episode came out on on that Friday. So that when they launched Disney Plus, the first chapter of the Mandalor- Mandalorian was up, and then Friday, chapter two was up. Chapter One and two is much better as as one piece put together. I think it's much more of a complete story to kick things off. I think you again still on this one planet, you see the Mandalorian after rescuing this child, um or I guess capturing is is a more accurate term. He has to go do another task. Um, some scavengers take apart his ship, he has to go get his parts back. he captures this he has to go capture this egg. Um, it's, it's revealed to us that this baby Yoda can use the force, like has force powers, but the Mandalorian doesn't seem to know what the force is. So again, chapters one and two, I think just as a complete story is really good, but taken individually, I actually think they're a little bit light. I don't think you really get a feel for the character in the story until you take it as a whole. This is much more of a binge show to me as opposed to a week weekly show like they've been doing where they're releasing it weekly. Things like Stranger Things um, or even Atypical, which is Netflix, I actually think those shows would make good one-off shows because they're kind of complete episodes. This one, I think it's it's the reverse is true. I think binging the episodes back-to-back is much better because they are so short, um, and uh, I feel that you need the chapter one and two together to get that complete story. When you get on the chapter 3 I think you know that that episode was was quite good. I, I again I think chapter 2 is just so weak on its own and chapter 1 is, is decent but much better as a companion piece. I think chapter 2 was the episode I I wasn't really in into because the Mandalorian basically just again it felt like a video game is going on these tasks and completing these things and doesn't really matter in the, in the end like it just didn't feel like it was going anywhere. Chapter 3 was fantastic. The Mandalorian returns to the client, basically hands over baby Yoda and has this moment. Again, you don't see his face, so it's done through his voice, where he chooses to not let the child stay with the the basically the people who, who paid him to do that. So he breaks in to the facility, breaks out the child. He has a bunch of Mandalorian friends around that uh, you kind of learn a little bit more about the culture and about the armor and what the armor means. Um, he uses that money to to kind of redo his armor, and the Mandalorians actually help, um, actually help him escape and help him get away from from the other bounty hunters. I think that Chapter Three is the strongest episode they've done thus far. Again, Chapter One and Two as a as a whole was decent, but individually, I think not quite there. But Chapter Three was a solid episode, fantastic action. Really clear motivation for the character, Mandalorian is going to go get this child and get him out of here. There's a clear connection because the Mandalorian was an orphan. He sees this child as an orphan who doesn't really talk, just kind of makes baby sounds, which again is is definitely cute and people like him for the cuteness. But still, you kind of get that sense of connection between these two characters even though neither of them are really speaking to each other. So I thought Chapter 3 was fantastic. That's the sin. And then Chapter 4, which is the one that came out last week, pretty good. Um, they basically try to find respite on a planet, and you learn through different circumstances why they can't find rest, which I think is is going to be the theme of this s- season. This season of The Mandalorian, I, I know there's going to be more than one. Season 1 of The Mandalorian is going to be this theme of, of we're, we have to be running for our lives and maybe maybe forever which I don't know where they're going to go with it, but I'm very interested to see. With only eight episodes, eight chapters in a season, they don't have a lot of time for filler, which is good. I mean, I like it because it moves fast, but I just I feel so strongly that chapter two was filler that I I just don't want this to be the type of series that is here's these one-off stories. You're completing these tasks with these characters that are here and then disappear and maybe never come back, and then there's some big thing at the end of, of the season and it's only one episode to wrap up the storyline. Cause to me they could have then skipped from episode one to the end. So I assume they're gonna be building character. They're only really gonna let you get to know the Mandalorian, build this connection between the Mandalorian and the baby Yoda, which they have done a great job with, don't get me wrong. It's just it's hard to see with four more episodes left. How are they going to wrap up a story in a satisfying way? And maybe they won't. Maybe they've got cliffhanger ideas. Maybe the whole direction is this is one season of many and we're going to capture people. But again, I still think the best TV shows that are out there are ones that can do both, have an episodic story. But each episode feels self-contained and feels like you still get something out of it. And to me, that's what appointment television is supposed to be. It's like Game of Thrones, Watchmen that's on right now. These TV shows have complete episodes with a complete point, but sometimes it does leave you wanting more. Sometimes it does com- you know, combine with the next episode or the previous episode a lot better as a pair, but still are are complete stories from beginning to end and and help further the characters along. I just feel like of 3 episodes of a 5 four, like the 8 sorry a 3 episodes of an 8 episode series if one of those 3 already is filler if you get one or two more I don't think the the TV sh- series is going to work in the end so it's just a cautionary thing I have I'm I'm very interested to see where the story goes chapter 5 um is one that that I again I've watched but I'm I'm not going to reveal anything but that's those were my feelings going at the end of chapter 4 was okay this is decent like it's a decent episode it's kind of interesting introduce a new character whatever but still I think chapter 3 and the combination of 1 and 2 were were quite were quite good 3 being very strong so again it's it's diff it's difficult because this series is trying to I think toe the line here where it's episodic in the sense that Every episode is somewhat self-contained because you're meeting these characters. They're going on adventures. They're completing tasks like you would a video game. But the through line is what's kind of important to make it interesting at the end, especially if you are doing appointment television. So I'm very interested to see where this goes. But overall, The Mandalorian is definitely worth streaming. It's only you know, 8 $9 for, for Disney+, and so far I've been very happy with it. The Mandalorian is something new to watch every week. Um, at least until I believe the last episode airs December 27th because it's like every Friday and it's going to air and go till the end of 2019. And then in 2020, I know they've got lots of TV series but also um, movies coming out. So again, right now it's been worth it because The Mandalorian is something new. I've been able to revisit old TV shows that I kind of forgot about. I've been able to revisit um, some great movies. I'm just going through and rewatching some Marvel movies right now um i rewatched boy meets world which was great um and i'm you know going through and and finding some some old things that i had kind of forgotten about but anyway the mandalorian um it's it's a pretty fun action adventure so far it's only episodes range between 30 and, and 40 minutes um it is very quick but i think they're doing a great job shout out to pedro pascal for fantastic acting so far um in uh, in uh, being the Mandalorian and being stuck in that helmet. Um, but again I'm vi- I'm just very interested to see what's gonna happen here when you get to the end of this series and it's only been eight episodes is it gonna feel fulfilling? Is it gonna feel rushed? Um, maybe I'm still just burned from Game of Thrones, but I don't like rushed endings so I hope they take their time with it. But the Mandalorian, um, baby Yoda's cute. Mandalorian's a cool character. It's definitely worth watching. I think that so far I've been very satisfied with it, but again, too many characters have just come and gone quickly, I assume they're bringing them back, maybe the last two episodes there'll be some sort of epic battle and show off and you'll get some of these characters back, but it does seem a little video gamey, complete your task and move on, complete your task and move on, um, which I think can get a little tedious, so we'll see, maybe maybe the next couple episodes won't be like that, but uh, chapter 4 seemed a little bit to be leaning that way, so we'll see. That is my Mandalorian review. All in all, check it out. Stream it, I guess. Uh, We don't usually review TV like that, but hey, go check it out. Um, It'll be great. Joining me in a few minutes is going to be Andrew. He's going to talk to us a little bit about the past couple of Um, Star Wars movies, give his sort of thoughts and hopes for this next one, and maybe give us uh, his his favorite Star Wars movies. We'll talk a little bit about where he ranks his films um, and then just a reminder that at the end of this episode on CFRC, you will be continuing along with regular programming but you can go download the second episode of my Star Wars show where Ben joins me to talk more Star Wars coming up as we switch gears, and go into the movies. And joining me now is uh, another Star Wars fan. You'll remember him from our Tarantino talk, several Marvel episodes, I think... I think you joined us. You, me, and Matt did the Endgame spoiler talk.
1: That's right. I think that was my first time on, yeah. Yes,
0: yeah. So, this is Andrew is here. Hello, Andrew. How's it going? Um, actually, you came on the show before that because I think you and I did an episode together before you, me, and Matt did one for Endgame. I think you and I did a little episode together at one point in time. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, the first Spider-Man. Yes, the first Spider-Man. That right. was it. Yes, I thought we had done something prior to that because Endgame was just this summer, and I know you were on the show yeah. before that. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they all blend together eventually. Um, <laughs> speaking about things that blend together, we are talking Star Wars today, um, and specifically, I have some questions I'm going to ask you and all my other guests who will appear in episode two. Um, but first and foremost, I just kind of wanted to because we're shifting from me talking about the TV show to talking about movies. Can you just give us an overview on your feelings about the Star Wars movies that you've seen thus far?
1: Um, I'm I'm like most people. I love the 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 70s and 80s ones yeah um yeah four, five and six
0: um <laughs> which became four five and six yeah
1: yeah <laughs> which, yeah let's not even get started on that yeah <laughs> um and then um yeah i watched them as a kid loved them and then when as the uh the prequels came out i didn't see them in the theaters because i couldn't find anybody to go with me mm. funny enough so i didn't see them until they were released on video.
0: And died a little inside. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I think we were in grade, because you and I are the same age. Mm-hmm. The Phantom Menace came out and I was in el- elementary school. Still. Uh, 99, I think it was. Yeah. Like so that. like grade seven or eight or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember The Phantom Menace coming out. I specifically, again, I you know, you know my memory. I can't remember anything. But I remember <laughs> the lead up to The Phantom Menace. Coca Cola released a line of like every character was on a different Coca Cola can right, right. to like collect them. And I remember I was still a re- I was still a referee for soccer. They called this junior referee program, they called it. So right. every summer you would like, referee the little kids so as you're older and you're refereeing the little kids and I remember having like the post party and they were still promoting Mm. the Phantom Menace so I don't know if it had just come out or if it was coming out that fall I can't remember when it came out but I remember I can distinctly remember the coke cans with like Jar Jar Binks's head on it and like different characters so I didn't know yet I'm like who are these people like we haven't seen it
1: I also remember the big push of Jar Jar Binks being like yes Like I never, I obviously wasn't old enough to like watch all the like interviews where like George Lucas like he's the center to everything. Uh, Yeah, I've discovered that way later. (laughs) Me too. But I was like, I was like, oh, this guy's a big guy because was on everything. Yeah. Like he was the first thing to be released on everything, and I was like, oh yeah. And then I was like, what a stupid
0: character. Uh, Like I don't understand. Like I get okay. I I fully admit Star Wars is meant for kids. So mm -hmm. to me, there's certain things I'll let go when it comes to logic. Yeah. But. I don't think kids are as dumb as Hollywood seems to think because Shrek is for kids and it's a brilliant film. Like, it's smart. It's intelligent. The humor is intelligent. Jar Jar Binks is, like, literally slapstick comedy, but... It's the worst kind. Yeah, like, fart jokes. Like, he he has no... I don't understand when George Lucas said he was at the center of everything. What his plan was for Jar Jar Binks, but I'm so glad that didn't last. Like yeah. if Jar Jar Binks ended up being Snoke, I would have been real pissed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> believe. I watched a video once where someone was like, "Jar Jar Binks has to be a Sith Lord because look at these jumps he does and whatever." And it's like, don't try to assign logic to something that had no meaning. Yeah. And there was no yeah. purpose here. Um. So okay. So you saw uh, these movies on video. Yeah. After. Okay, that's interesting. At, like in a row, or did you like, were they spaced out?
1: Um, no, they were spaced out. Like when okay. the first one came out, I watched that. Oh, one. God.
0: Okay. So you were seeing them as they came out, <laughs> but just not in the theaters. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, so yeah, I was a little disappointed with those, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. as they were like my first new movies, like, cause I watched the other ones pretty young and yeah. I had to rewatch them to kind of understand the story a little yes, bit more. Cause so, they're pretty dense. So, you know. you know, yeah, exactly. And again,
0: meant for kids, mm-hmm. but not playing down to Yeah, Yeah. No. I, I d- definitely enjoyed them.
1: Younger, but I got more appreciation appreciation for them as I got older. Yes, yeah, um, definitely. So when news of the uh, the next trilogy came out, I was really really pumped yeah. as this would be the first time I was going to see a Star Wars movie in theaters. Yeah, yeah.
0: The Force Awakens. Yeah,
1: and um, I, I I I don't know. I I have liked the other two, The um, Force Awakens and and um, what's the other one?
0: Oh, uh, the uh, Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah,
1: yeah. I should know that, but. Um, I liked them. I really did. Um, I feel that the critics are a little heavy on them, especially the last one. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little I, unfair
0: in terms of the criticism. Yeah I,
1: think. I, yeah. I really think they just, the expectations are just so high <laughs> that yeah. no matter what they do, it's not going to be good. And in most people's opinions. But. And
0: what I will say about the lead up, the lead up to The Force Awakens is a feeling that I still, maybe I, I would say Endgame is the only thing that's matched it. I really haven't i've rarely felt that as a theater going experience where there's almost a nerve rack feeling to you you're i mean again when we do it we're going with a bunch of people so we've made a huge event of it it's like a it's event viewing it only happens every so often and because it's been so long since we had a, a the prequels and again i know i understand that it's not that big of a time gap but over, like, what, 2012 is when it came, is when The Force Awakens, I think, came out. So The Phantom Menace was ninety. Oh, it was later than that. It was 2015. 2015, yes. Yeah, so, okay, 2015. So The Phantom Menace, we think, came out around, like, late 90s. And so by the time that trilogy was done, which was only a couple of years, it had been over 10 years, I think, yeah. since we had had a Star Wars 06 movie.
1: 06 or something, I think, was when the
0: – And or, probably more than that since we had a good one. Yeah. Um. Again, that's the thing about the prequels is you've got three movies where I think the last one is the best of the three. But that's not, that doesn't mean it's good. It just yeah. means it's, of the three, it's the most redeeming. Yeah. But it's still nonsensical, very strange, a little unnecessary, a bit too much, way too much CGI. kind of insists mm-hmm. upon itself too much. But The Force Awakens, I think, brought back a feeling of seeing that movie, especially around the holidays, that I haven't had in a long time.
1: I I actually had butterflies in my stomach, yeah. Like before you go on a roller coaster, definitely. And I haven't felt that, <clears throat> like you said, in a long time. So
0: I think I cool. saw it six or seven times in the theater. <laughs> like again, that I haven't had that since. Again, probably Endgame is the only comparable mm. to that. Like it's the Force Awakens and, and Endgame. I think have been the two that I've gone to multiple times. And so far, I mean, with Rise of Skywalker, I'm I'm hoping it's that again. Because I will. I agree with you. I liked the Last Jedi. More than the critics did. I didn't like it as much as The Force Awakens because again, I I thought there's moments where it just not like became nonsensical and the, the whole side journey to the casino planet was like, what is this? Yeah. Or the it, slow the slow like race of two shifts being like, we're gonna catch you. No, we're not. Like it's just kind you, of this. You weird... could really
1: see the different directors. Yes. Very different choices and yeah. the way they did the stories. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, you could definitely see there was a different director for that movie.
0: Yeah, and I think. Now it's like, are you going to stick the landing? You know, yeah. <laughs> like this is the third movie going back to J.J. Yeah. Abrams, who directed The Force Awakens. Yeah. How are you going to stick this landing? And that's the question. Last chance. Last chance, because this is it. This is the end of the Skywalker trilogy. Well, not really well, trilogy. What's... What? Do you, I don't know what you would call nine films. but It's a saga yeah. is basically how they've been saying it. So it's nine films about this family um so yeah it's it's interesting so we're not really going to get into speculation with this episode we're going to more just review what's come before and talk about kind of our hopes and expectations coming into this one talking about expectations being too high how can we kind of temper them so give me like a rundown then like what's what's your of the movies come before and and throw in the other star wars movies you've seen like if you like rogue one and and solo and like whatever what's your favorite if you had to pick one
1: I would say Empire is my Okay, favorite.
0: Empire, yeah. yeah. That's mo- I mean, it's, it's a pretty, pretty uh, much considered the best movie. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. people say, like, Return of the Jedi, and, and some people say A New Hope. Like, it's, I mean, some people say The Phantom Menace, and they're wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> so But pod racing. <laughs> someone said to me once, I don't even remember who this was. They said, well, I just, I can't get, I can't just say that tr- that bad because it was my childhood. Well, that doesn't mean it's good. It just means you're you're suffering from nostalgia. Yeah. To say yeah. to say it's only because you remember fondly, like there's lots of things I remember fondly. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's good. Like I've rewatched a lot of movies that as a kid I was like, oh, I really love this. Like home, you don't remember Homeward Bound? Yeah. Okay. There's two movies of those. Yeah. The first one's actually really good, yes. and the second one's terrible. Yep. But as a kid, I remember loving them both, yeah. especially the second one because you don't have to reintroduce characters. So as a kid, I remember liking sequels a lot more than I do now because. I didn't like the introducing of characters. I thought it was too slow. Right. But now looking back on it, it's like that's a terrible movie. Yeah. Right. So you got to defeat your own nostalgia sometimes. So that person was stupid. <laughs> that's and, that's my opinion. <laughs> and I would say my
1: biggest critique of the the prequels is not even necessarily all story the second one to me was really boring mm. there wasn't enough going especially since it was supposed to be the war one yeah um it was just too much political stuff going. yeah around. clone
0: wars was very <laughs> no the war quote unquote happened yeah. at the end of it yeah. or attack of the clones that's what it was yeah. called attack yeah. of the clones yeah
1: um but uh, i would say my biggest critique of it would be casting like the the little kid that played anakin in the first one i know that that they drove that kid insane, almost, and he turned yeah. to a life of crime and all that stuff, which is not excusable. But he was a bad choice. He was yeah, annoying. not great cast. He wasn't a good actor. No. Um. So I, and then of course, um, the Anakin later on as well. Hayden Christian. Hayden Christian. Yeah. 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 Um, Just didn't
0: work. Like, and yeah. and it's interesting because he, I think, did what he could. Yeah. But he wasn't given a very good script. And, I again, George Lucas mm-hmm. is a great world builder. But I don't think he's a great script writer and I don't think he's great at casting.
1: Yeah, no, that's it's very true.
0: Because there's this one – there was a YouTube thing I remember laughing at a lot years ago that was basically Ewan McGregor and how hard he was trying to <laughs> act in that movie. So there's these little clips of, like, watch him. I can't swear, but watch him act the bleep out of this line or whatever. And it's very funny because you see – especially I I think I found it funny because I was going to school for theater at the time. And you see the process in his face and the struggle to like talk about how someone murdered younglings and what a weird line that is. But he's just trying so hard. He he was the – the best out of all oh words, absolutely sure. without a doubt he was the best part of that entire prequel yeah, the, the yeah. entire series was Ewan McGregor did a great job he's a great actor but and again like they i mean they killed off one of the other great actors was Liam Neeson Yeah. <laughs> right in the Way first too movie soon. yeah like Way too soon. why not build with that and they had at fun. least another half a movie with him it would have been nice it would have been yeah. cool to kind of set up these two training Anakin and sort of see the downfall again. I've read so many things about people like fixing these movies and how better it would have been, and it just makes me sad because <laughs> yeah. this is all we have. Um, <laughs> but it it made me, it made me not fear who like it like Anakin was never really a f- fearful person. Like he just reminded me of like kind of a punk kid, stalker kid who was a bit emo and clearly has problems but like not someone who would turn into darth vader
1: yeah like even during his like dark moments when he kills the younglings and stuff like that he to me is he's just like a brooding
0: teenager yeah and it reminded me of he's more of a puppet which i guess is sort of the point but still i don't think they did a really good job and and again they've since then they've they've done better at, at making him more menacing but Again, it's, it's such an intre- – it's weird how you get that menacing teenager but then you get Kylo Ren who also behaves like a menacing teenager but it's done on purpose. Yeah. It's done on purpose to show how unstable Kylo Ren is, to show how conflicted he is, to show – like – and I think just Adam Driver is a better actor. So he pulls he, it off a little bit better. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, OK. So what, what's the worst movie?
1: Um, I would say Phantom
0: Menace. Okay, Phantom. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's either Phantom Menace or it's it's Attack of the Clones. I don't know mm-hmm. which one. Like Phantom Menace did give us a great, like they. I think they each gave us one great scene. Yeah. Phantom Menace gave us the fight between the three dual lightsaber fight between what's his face and and the Jedi. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Attack of the Clones, which gave us the sort of final twenty minutes of the movie, which was a pretty big battle between the clones and the you know there's lots of things happening so i feel like they each gave us like a really cool scene but didn't really do anything otherwise
1: yeah it they just pushed the story forward in a very lazy way
0: and and usually i say attack the clones but now that we were talking about it I think I would much rather have slow political things than a lot of Jar Jar Binks. And the first movie, like Phantom Menace had a lot more Jar Jar Binks than any of the other movies because he just kind of disappeared because George Luke was like, why why does nobody like this guy? Yeah. Like, well, (laughs) because he's really annoying and parents hate him, which, you know, I remember that being the big thing about, you know, Looking back on it now, you realize what your parents have to go through in watching really annoying movies with you. Mm -hmm. So when there's a good one, I think you see the reaction in the parent in being willing to to watch it with you and watch it multiple times because it's not annoying. And Jar Jar Binks is annoying.
1: And that's actually how I got into Star Wars is my mom and her brother were Mm – Fans of it, because it came out when they were young. Right, yeah. And they went and saw it in the theaters, and so that they had the VHS copy. Yeah, yeah, we had that too, so yeah. So <laughs> when I was like seven or eight, they're like, oh, I want to watch this movie. Yeah. This would be a good opportunity to get Andrew involved in it. So, yeah, so definitely it it all depends on how keen the parents are on watching it. and Yeah,
0: and that's going to sort of dictate – how you also start to feel about it because your parents are going to influence you in that way, and I think that that's how you know the difference between a movie that is meant for kids but has a universal appeal versus one that is simply not. Yeah, um, and you see that in cartoons, and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying Star Wars is meant for kids and then as an adult loving it. If it's good, if it's of a quality that's going to happen anyway, and it should, and it's going to give you that universal appeal, totally. so. Um, I don't, uh, I don't see there being a problem with that. So, um, looking towards this movie, like g- give us some of your impressions on, on some of the stuff you've seen. Like, are you, are you like watching all the trailers? Are you up to date on, on this or what, it, how are you kind of going into it?
1: I, i s- think I've seen all the trailers now, which is unusual for me. Uh, the, the last two, I watched the teaser and that was it. Mm, yeah. Uh, just the initial yeah. first one. Yeah. Um, I have a thing with trailers. I don't really watch them a whole bunch. Like they they have that cliche of telling too much and yes, ruining things. Yeah, the a only lot. ones that have sort of mastered that has been Marvel. Yeah. Uh, you know talked, very we've, little. We've about that. <laughs> yeah, going into yeah. a Marvel movie, you know You, very you see little. lots of cool things that yeah. get you pumped up but if yeah. nothing story-wise, it's nothing story wise that's gonna ruin no, anything for you. No. And I given that Star Wars comes from the same company now. Yeah. I'm sure it's a similar thing, but I just I don't know. I just want to be a little more surprised. But I have kept a little bit more in the loop with this one, um, and I I do feel like I I don't know very much, which I like. Um, I kind of wish they wouldn't have done the laugh um, of the Emperor.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you were gonna have the Emperor in it, you like, should review. That it would have been way.
1: a holy crap moment yeah. in the theater, yeah. and I would have loved. it. I
0: agree. That. I agree. Um,
1: but, he, hey, who knows? Maybe David there will still be a twist with it.
0: That's know? the but thing is, like, often when they do that, what I've noticed, at least with Disney, is they reveal something, but it's because it happens so early in the movie and yeah. it's not actually the twist. Yeah, it's not even relevant. Yeah. yeah so I'm like,
1: hoping that may be the case, but, yeah, yeah. I was a little disappointed at that.
0: Because um, I don't even know, like what role the Emperor is going to play in this movie. Like, that's what's kind of confusing now. is like, wait, isn't he dead? (laughs) Like, where's he been all this time? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I really like the that water planet that they yeah. you see like in the distance. When that laugh happens, that looks like it's going to be
0: cool. Yeah, the, you can sort of see the tides, the big tides, kind of going, and and the crashed Death Star. Yeah, yeah, um, which makes sense, right? Something blew up in space. It's going to drift, but it could potentially land on a planet. Um, so it's interesting that they they're taking it that way. Yeah,
1: and uh, stoked for. Billy D. Williams back.
0: Billy D. Williams yeah. is the the next one return. The next probably uh, hero that w- I wouldn't get so used to seeing on screen because <laughs> I'm a little worried. Like I don't know. Like this is the thing. It's exciting, but it's also like, are they gonna kill Lando? Like that's the only. That's the first yeah. thing I thought of. Is like because you're doing it. Every time you bring on someone from the past, it's just there to get rid yeah, of them. Seems but. to be the
1: the. The trait going forward anyways. I
0: wouldn't be surprised if there were a couple major deaths being the last one. Like, yeah. I'm sure it will end on a somewhat positive note. Um, though, I mean, I think they're they're teasing what's going to happen with Rey and what's going to happen with Kylo and that type of thing. But I, I think that, to me, is just the core of the story. It's mm. every character around them that I'm more curious about.
1: And it's sort of interesting that the last uh, two... Haven't had a real happy ending where that was kind of the staple, of, at least for the the last movies of the. No, it's story, very true. Yeah. For four, five, and six. Yeah. They always had a, a somewhat happy ending. Yeah, yeah. You I, know, I think the exception the being Empire,
0: apparently. where things were left really dreary. But mm-hmm. then again, they finished yeah. it off in the end. The, la- the you're right. These past two movies have really left it off. On we're in a lot of trouble here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. But it's to me, it's what's fascinating is is they've sort of They've sort of set it up in a way where the story can really only go a couple different directions for our main characters. Like either Kylo Ren is going to try to redeem himself, which I don't know if that's even going to happen anymore because of the way the second movie went. Yep. Or he's going to try to turn Rey or Rey's going to try to turn him. Like I think those two are obviously connected. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me – the rise of skywalker title is more connected to kylo ren than yeah. it is connected to ray cuz i i do think it's going to be just like the la- how the last movie ended like i don't particularly think ray is going to be some important person i think she is who she is and i do think that rise of skywalker to me is is kylo ren so that's where i'm really interested to see like where that story goes but yeah you're right i don't know with with how it's been kind of on a downswing of kind of ends in a somber way each movie how are you gonna how are they gonna get through this and lighten it up but i don't yeah it's it's gonna be fascinating to see where they go from here um what are your like do you have like top things you want to see in this movie like are there things where you're like i will be satisfied if i come to this movie if this stuff's in there
1: i don't even know if i've really thought of that uh to be honest um i just i want to leave the theater feeling like satisfied yeah that, okay this is the last one of the saga everything's happened
0: i'm not going to get any more of this. so you're going to get it you want the whole story wrapped up yeah no unanswered questions it's wrapped up here you go i've got nine films yeah. that tell a story like regardless of what importance ray
1: is i want to know what what her story was yep. why she's yeah you know been a focal point the last couple of movies i want to see um what kylo ren's end game is what, yeah. what happens with him yeah um I don't really particularly care about the other two, Poe and <laughs> Poe and Finn. Um, yeah, they. Really, I like them as characters, but yeah. their stories just haven't really.
0: Finn could have gone somewhere, but the second yeah. movie did nothing with him. Like yeah. the first movie, really set Finn up to be yeah. kind of an interesting character. Him and Ray had like uh, good chemistry, and that was going to be an interesting way to go. But then he did nothing in the second movie. They sent him off on a side mission. And Poe has never gone anywhere. They've never done anything with Poe. And they
1: really set him back in the last movie with that whole like, you know, mutiny thing. Oh, don't
0: even get me started. I hated that. Because to me, the thing about that I didn't like was the reaction of the commander, like Hodor or whatever, Hodo or whatever her name was. Laura Dern's character. One of the dumbest characters. I've ever seen introduced for literally no reason. Like, yeah. here, here's the thing. And it's unfortunate that there was a, you know, a, a, a real person died because they could have set up Princess Leia to have that moment yeah. and it would have made a lot more sense. But I think they were thinking, oh, well, we're going to have her be in all three movies. Yeah. But unfortunately, she passed away. But um, what is awful is that I don't like when you present a problem or an issue that can be solved by two people talking yeah i find that to be lazy writing and i find that to be too close to real life because nobody talks and that's mainly the problems we have but yeah. it's to me it's it's so lazy like it, all she had to do was say to poe listen i can't tell you more but you have to trust me i have a plan Leia's is on my side you just i understand this or take them away and be like look so i'm going to trust you i'm going to tell you my plan yeah. in front of nobody else Why, like, why would you not tell him you had a plan? It really, it was a big plot. It was terrible. It was so lazy and I don't understand it. And it made him look stupid. It made her look stupid. So when, when she died, I was like, I don't care. I don't care about that character. I'm sorry. It was a cool moment. Like that Mm -hmm. flash where all the sound went out and that that was really cool visually. But I was just like. Yeah, I no, I
1: totally agree. Yeah, I, I again, like, I, I like those two characters. I like Poe and I like Finn. Yeah. It's just that movie, The Last Jedi, Just it really damaged their characters yeah. to me. Like, yeah, like I agree. My, my thoughts of them anyways, just because they didn't have much of an impact in that movie at all. They were just kind of there running these little side missions yeah. while everything else happened.
0: So the last thing I want to do is I'm doing this for every guest that I bring on these two episodes. I'm going to give you um, three things that are happening next. Okay. In the in Star Wars, and I want your opinion on each of the three of them. Okay, um, what you think of them? I'm going to kind of describe a little bit what information we know right now. But as a Star Wars fan, what it, now that this is coming to an end, what's coming up next? If you're interested or not. Okay. So the first thing is Orion Johnson trilogy. So he's the director of the last Jedi. They've announced that he's getting a trilogy. It's the only trilogy that they've announced that survived because the games of thrones people are out.
1: I was actually just going to ask that if it was him taking over that no, or his own.
0: Two, they had two trilogies planned oh, okay. coming up next right. and the game of thrones people are gone. So it's a Ryan Johnson trilogy. It's supposed to be something that like, they're going to let, as far as I know, they're letting the, episode nine end and then several years later they're going to kind of start anew a new story. with a trilogy yeah. a new story within that universe
1: um i'm excited for that in theory mm-hmm. the fact that it's ryan johnson makes me a little skeptical <laughs> yeah only because of of how like he really set this trilogy back and i don't know necessarily feel like it was 100 his fault it's just he's he's easiest person to blame like in hockey it's easiest to blame the head coach yeah He's the head coach of the movie, so yep. let's let's blame him. I think. Is, yeah, I
0: mean, he. To. You know, the, the, you can always blame script and other things like that, but the director can can give script notes. The director can yeah. give acting notes. The director has their hands in everything, so it does make sense that they take the blame.
1: So yeah, like I, I definitely am very excited for a new story to blossom in this universe, to get new characters mm-hmm. and, and and a new path. Um, I just hope that that is enough for him to blossom with it because he. Maybe with these characters that have already been established, he didn't have enough room to, to do his artistic Yeah, like growth. maybe
0: w- if he has full reign on what he wants to do and just his own characters, maybe it'll be different. Yeah, maybe.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm hoping yeah. That's, that's the case. So I guess I'll say I'm on the fence on it.
0: He has a new movie, Knives Out, which I haven't seen yet, but Taylor reviewed last week and she said it was quite good. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to actually go see that because that's a, you know completely him. He created the characters. He created the story. So maybe that will give us an idea of what he can do.
1: That's the Chris Evans one? Yeah. Cool.
0: Okay, a Rogue One prequel. Now, we haven't talked about Rogue One much here. Um, Rogue One was the movie that came out uh, not not too long ago that kind of filled the gap between the final – Tried to fill some of the gaps between the final prequel and A New Hope. It was really mm-hmm. the the Death Star plans being stolen the for set those up people. A who new go, hope, yeah. yeah. So the idea of this prequel is they're going to take one of the characters. So the main guy who was helping um, the main girl again. So this movie passed by. I don't even remember their names. <laughs> I think Luna is his name. Um, they're really going to focus on him and and his droid and kind of the story of of him being. Part of the rebellion and that type of thing. But that's been announced that there will be some sort of Rogue One prequel. Now I don't know if this is a Disney Plus thing or this is a theater thing. Because the Ryan Johnson trilogy is going in theaters for sure. But that's been announced as well as still happening.
1: Um I liked Rogue One. Like yeah. you're right. I don't remember much about the the characters' names. It was a like.
0: cool story, but with characters that are forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and which
1: is probably good since the way that it ends. Yeah, uh, spoiler: everybody dies. Yeah. Um. I
0: mean, this is a, this is a completely spoiler episode. Yeah. So go ahead and uh, talk about okay, whatever.
1: Right. Um. So yeah. I again, I get. I would. I would watch it for sure. Um. Um. It's just interesting. They're doing a prequel of a prequel.
0: Yeah, and it's is, interesting that like. I mean, I get. I guess that's how they're announcing it. They're saying, like, it's a prequel to Rogue One. But I hope it's just called something else and it's it, we're taking a character from Rogue One and yeah. we're doing something different. Because that's if you want to build a universe, that's how you do it. You take one character and you do something with them, but it doesn't have to connect. Yeah. You can make little, you know, little side. But the be, like, like the Marvel movies, the best Marvel movies are the ones that focus on a good story and make little side comments to the other thing. But hmm. but the worst Marvel movies are the ones that focus on setup, setup, setup. Yes, we have to set yeah. up the next thing, forget this story, we're just gonna set up. Yeah. Um from re-watching all the Avengers movies. That's to me is the difference between all of them and and Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron felt a little too packed and a little too set up. We yeah. gotta set up all these things yeah. so it didn't focus on its own movie, whereas the original Avengers and the other Avengers movies were able to kind of do its own thing. Right. So that would be my fear of a Rogue One prequel is like like how are you gonna connect? Are you gonna connect it? Can't you just take the character and do something with it? Like it all those are all questions I'd have.
1: Yeah, no you even raised very good points. Um but I did like that character. Yeah. And I love that droid. That he was hilarious. Yeah the
0: droid's great. Yeah. 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 Very um I, if I remember correctly, it was very just like practical and, and honest and sarcastic. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Um okay, Ob- an Obi Wan Kenobi series
1: very interested uh as long as what's his face what's it, ewan mcgregor ewan is McGregor, back yes. so this will be
0: this will be a disney plus series okay. so like the mandalorian i think it's like going to be an eight episode per season series it is going i don't know i i can't find it if it's going to be a mini series or if it's going to have multiple seasons right. but it's basically going to be from the end of episode three why obi-wan kenobi was on tatooine how he was watching over Luke Skywalker and how he didn't get involved or interfere and what he was up to. Okay. That time. Basically, hiding from the Empire, how he was able to hide. That's basically how it's going to – and it is okay. going to be and McGregor.
1: It is going to be. Okay. Yeah. Because I heard there was some you know rumblings of it. Might be, might not be. He's so, in. He's in. He's 100%. And I will 100% watch
0: it. Great. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it too is I think like that – to me, is of everything I've heard. That's the thing I'm most interested in. Um, Have you watched any of The Mandalorian?
1: I have. Yeah, I've watched all the...
0: And what do you think?
1: I'm liking it more than I thought it would, Yeah. to be honest. Um, It's it's doing a lot better better job at storytelling than I thought it would. I thought it was just going to be just sort of like... Well, I guess the only other... like comparison I have is like the animated. Yes, yeah, I brought that up. Where yeah. it was very episodic. Yeah, you know, like oh, we handled this this one episode, and then you never see those people again. and yeah. move on on the story. I was worried it was going to be like that, but it's so far it hasn't been, which yeah. is exciting. Um, they have elements of it, but they yeah, they like a general that, w- story that was that was kind
0: of my one critique of it was it felt like a video game. Mm. The, the, you're following a main character who completes tasks and then moves on to the next thing. I'm hoping and thinking that characters are going to come back and it's going to be a through line. And they have done a good job. Like There's a through line story. Yeah. Um, but that was one of the things that I criticized a little bit and was a little worried about. Is at times it feels like a video game. But I, of the episodes I've seen, I've liked pretty much all of them except like I had a little problem with episode two. But if you take one and two together as a full ep, like yeah. I think those two should have been combined because yeah. that's a full story. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that if that's any indication of what we're going to get, then I think that I'm excited to see what they could do next.
1: I'm also a little overdone with the Baby Yoda memes.
0: Yeah. I I mean, he's cute and everything, but yeah. like, you know. Um, it, I, I was enjoying
1: them at first because I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah look, he's yeah. cute. And yeah, then, yeah. I, then I was like, okay.
0: people It's always like people ruin everything. Yeah. Like people take things and they take it too far and then they ruin the joke. Yeah. I, you see that all the time where people like just ruin the joke by doing it too much. Yeah. Um so we're pretty much out of time. Um, but I think like the main thing here is it seems like you're excited for Star Wars, you're excited to see the rise of Skywalker. Um do you have are you do you have any like fears going into this? Like is there a part of you that like this could still be bad or are you hopeful that this is gonna be a good ending?
1: I definitely have fears. Um (laughs) but I I am hopeful. Okay. You know, I'm trying to stay positive. I'm trying to stay on the the right side of the fence there. Um, but I, I just, because it's the last one, because we're not going to get a, another chance to redeem ourselves, I'm worried that they're going to mess it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course. Yeah. I think no matter what happens, everybody's going to say that they messed it up. They're, nobody's, you know, it's not going to yeah. be everybody's going. Oh, they redeemed themselves. Yeah. Too much, too much complaining with the yeah. other two movies. It's just,
0: it's too negative in the world right now. So like, yeah, you just kind of have to go off your own opinion and be happy with. That everybody has their
1: own expectations yeah, and their own exactly. what they want to see, and no, they are not going to be able to please everybody. No, no. But so never. far, I've been pretty like, okay, that wasn't great, but oh, new Star Wars movie, yeah, yeah. and that's sort of the way I'm yeah. going into this one is new
0: story and we'll see um uh, hopefully uh, we're hoping to have you back with a bunch of people to do a little round table review after this if we have time it does come out really close to christmas so it's hard to squeeze that in but we're going to do our best to do that yeah no i'd happy to to come back yeah well thanks for uh, joining us today thanks for having me um so just a quick reminder to everybody that uh if you're listening on cfrc your regular tuesday programming is coming up but um You can get the second episode of this Star Wars preview by going to the podcast site. It's available just as a podcast. If you are listening on podcast, just click on through to the next episode because this wraps up episode number one of our two-parter previewing Star Wars. Go see some movies.